Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In this week's episode, we have Julie, as usual, taking us on another great topic, a topic that really got loads of answers, really loads of tongues wagging or not just tongues wagging, more like keyboards. Yeah, typing away and loads of people having their opinions on this. We talk about reimagining PPC. So we go over questions like the most impactful changes in the past three years. We go over things like services that we're currently selling the most often and the most easily. So what's that? The services that are easy to actually get our clients on board about services that you're gearing up towards offering that you've not really started um, doing before, you know, like, cause with all the new updates and new campaign types, there are new ways of saying that this is what your expertise is. This is what is your offering for new clients. And finally, we talk about our biggest worries or concern about working in PPC. And that's the one that got the most answers. I'm seeing 111 answers that were given, but remember, this is a round up I'm not going to be I'm not going to be quoting all the answers but I'll be giving a lot of the pertinent answers but you can say see that loads of people have loads of concerns about working in PPC especially over the next 10 years and I hope you share our concerns I hope you feel like again that you're not alone in this whole what is PPC going to look like which should help put your mind at ease and know that this is something that is collectively being thought about not just you on your own so yeah I hope you enjoy Hello and a warm welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Slack discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK, and I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet on that's right, well, Twitter, as well as threads. You know, we I, I'm, I'm very active on there as well, more so than Twitter, to be honest, but also on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn, search for my name at the marketing and search for my name or look for at the marketing annual, which is what I sign off all my posts with, whether it's on LinkedIn or on Twitter or on threads as well. So yeah, but if you also on Instagram, why don't you check us out at ppcchat underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes. So yeah, we're going to be talking about reimagining PPC and, you know, talking about, you know, the things that that are changing in what we're offering, the things that are, have been concerning us in the past few years, the things that are going to be concerning us the most in the, the next 10 years, Julie asks. But before we get into that, as usual, Julie goes, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be up, afraid to participate, whether it's during the chat, whether it's after the chat has happened, because it's very easy to actually follow the questions because all the answers are then replied in the thread of the question and but if you don't have time for that and you're not really much for like reading back to all the answers given and you'd like to just listen to me give you the the pertinent answers that we're giving to our questions then thank you so much for joining me here today on this new app on this latest episode and yeah i hope you sit back and enjoy so yeah let's get into the questions because as i said there are loads of answers especially for question four so yeah let's get to it 
So Julie asks, what do you think the most impactful changes have been in the PPC industry over the past three years? How have these changes impacted you and how you go about doing PPC? Sarah Steeman starts us off saying, yeah, making the platform so easy, even my kid can do it with aggressive Google reps and recommendations being shoved down our throats and businesses being the victims of all this and having PTSD from providers. Wow, she hit us hard with that one in terms of what has impacted us the most. Julie goes, yeah, automation is a huge one. PPC platforms have always built for, have always been built for e-commerce, but with the rapid rise of automation within those systems, it has skewed even further in that direction. Lead gen PPC keeps getting harder. Peter Bowen goes, yeah, broadening of keyword to search term matches this has changed my focus from thinking about optimizing based on what was searched to optimizing for offline conversions. Julia Vice goes, yeah, all the batched ad products taking over for specific products, Pmax for everything, YouTube shorts only in performance campaigns, Meta's never ending, just let the machine do it approach. AI innovation could have made our reporting better, our spend more effective and our channel attribution more transparent. Instead, we have this. Peter Bowen responds, yeah, also automation in general, realizing that the future of my career isn't going to be about pulling levers inside the UI, but rather on optimizing for what happens after the click. Harrison Hept responds saying that, yeah, the hard push into the machine knows best. Obviously, machines can handle things at a pace and level that humans can't. And there's good and bad with that. However, PPC is pushing so hard into just trusting the machines that the limitations are ignored. It's quickly leaving small businesses behind. It is very much so leaving business behind. And Julie responds to that saying, yeah, we don't fully trust the machines. And for good reason. Hello, shake the cushions and it's fallout. And then we have Doug R. Thomas responding as well, saying, I think the biggest thing comes from platforms, explicit admission that stuff ain't that complicated, y'all. I think a lot of us came up in the big data era. And so we apply this kind of granular thinking, whereas now there's an implicit stuff's messy. It's better to think light touch. And I think in most situations, that's right and has actually been, has actually always been right. Ali responds saying, I personally embrace and look forward to automation. What I don't like and is the back is what I don't like is the black box around it and relinquishing total control with no visibility. I still want to be the pilot at the control switching autopilot on specific to Google ads, the decimation of match types and keyword targeting will have a lasting impact on the on the industry it's not keyword targeting anymore it is search term targeting right julie responds saying yeah for me i'm focused even more now on being at least part of the conversation for post-click experience there is less we can control on the pre-click side of the equation so the differentiation of the future lies a lot on post-click nicholas garfunkel responds as well saying lots of folks have mentioned it so i'll just plus one it this they're trying to take away all the controls from the user and make it feel less like you're sitting in the cockpit cockpit of a rocket ship and more like a simple ipad app anyone can use the issue with that is we need those controls to optimize and enhance performance Julian Phillips responds saying that the nuking of the search terms um, report, Google has taken away the ability for marketers to see every search term that matched keywords, but due to privacy concerns, they are labeled as other. 
Dara Thomas's work then continues saying, I remember so many times where we've said the sky is falling over these kinds of oversimplifications. I literally wrote an article about how enhanced campaigns is actually better and was told many a times that I was a Google shill. <laughs> Interesting. Harrison as well goes, yeah, I agree. The post-click side of things is becoming increasingly important, something PBCs are going to have to lean into. Sam Tomlinson responds to Dougar Thomas saying that, saying Dougar Thomas is spot on here. There's been a perpetual illusion of granular accuracy in paid media that's slowly dissipating. That's objectively a good thing. 3PA was always a farce. Like third party attribution, I'd say. The idea that human decision making could be boiled down by a random ass pixel was always kind of a joke that went profitable before everyone could laugh. And in response to Dogar Thomas, Julia Vice as well goes there. Yeah, if there's anything you're not, it's a shill. But we are living through a time when all of our professional instincts are being seen as legacy in favor of just letting Google do its thing. Not a great place to be, particularly even given the incentives of Google. And then we have Michael Gumbert responding saying the really, really obvious answer is the amount of data and ability to actually make changes without using automation keeps getting smaller and smaller. If you want to be in control of the campaign, you are spending money on, you are almost punished for that. And even then you are not given even half of the data that campaign collects. Sam Tomlinson responds in, I don't think it's quite as binary, but finance went through the same thing about 15 years ago, where many old school traders were bemoaning the use of automated algorithms, claiming that it was bad for the industry, etc. Fast forward. And those people are all either dead, broke or converts. Oh, wow. <laughs> that went dark a bit. Travis Bierschel responds saying, Google introduced a fundamental tectonic shift in the way its ad products function. They are moving from demand capture to demand generation. From a slightly pessimistic point of view, they recognized that their top of funnel inventory was being under, underutilized for too long. They had to find a way to better monetize it. So display Gmail, YouTube, and more recently discover placements. From a rosier point of view, they found a way to transform their ever-sized mountain of search intent data into an engine that reaches consumers at many touch points, not just the last expressed form of that search. My outlook is leaning in. There is no point in swimming upstream any longer. We advertisers have no choice but to operate fully within the ecosystem now available. Pmax is the future, like it or not, and when set up diligently, this campaign type works well enough. That's a very good like run through of pessimistic, positive way of looking at it and knowing what to do and just making sure we prepare for the future. I like that from Travis. Dollar Thomas as well says, yeah, yeah, I don't mean just let Google do its thing. I mean more. I think about doing wild stuff like bid modifiers or weather in areas in in elastic goods, dynamic zip code, bid targeting, wild automation funnels that led to hyper-segmentation. Harrison responds to T Sam Tomlinson going, yeah, I was just thinking on this same thing earlier today. The finance world has moved almost entirely to algorithms trading and you either figure out how to survive in that world or you didn't. PPC is going to see the same. Sarah Steamer responds, yeah, as well, saying when four accounts was normal, eight tops of agencies to agencies, giving PPC strategists 30 to 40 accounts is another big one. Again, I'll, resp I'll respond because <laughs> I don't think I even understood what Sarah said the way I read it. Okay. Okay. Now I get this. Let's say this again. When, so what is the difference? What's the biggest difference in the past three years? So we've gone from when 
four accounts was normal, eight to at tops at agencies to agencies now giving PPC strategies. 30 to 40 accounts is another big one. Yep. And Dogar Thomas responds saying, oh, I had about 10 on Google with maybe five on Facebook plus experimental budgets when I started in the industry. So he was working on a lot more accounts. Nicholas as well says, thanks, Doug. Yeah, I actually worked on an algorithm that adjusted bids for an account with a nine figure budget. We found certain weather patterns that showed higher revenue or click from users. It was hilariously nuanced. I agree with that. Sarah as well then goes, what about when the percentages of spend was 25% standard? Now I see agencies going as low as five or 6% because Google is easier, etc. And then yeah, Sarah, yeah, Peter Bowen responds to Sarah saying, are you seeing pushback on prices for new clients? Dougar Thomas goes, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's a level of 5% makes sense in terms of percentage of spend. And Sarah goes, yes, I'm 100% seeing it. And they are asking for an expert for $500 a month month or less than complaining. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh yeah. So Julie then goes, everyone wants a bargain right now, at least from what I'm seeing and a lot more of, I'd be doing this myself if I had the time people. So yes, very be careful of people who are just going to hire you because they don't have the time and feel like they're the ones that know best. Those are, those are the kind of answers we were given in last week's talk when we we're talking about how you vet new clients. And then we go on to question two, where Julie asks, what are the services that you currently sell the most often and almost most easily? Has this changed or shifted over the last three years? And Julie asks, Julie answers herself saying, yeah, audits and account reviews are always easier sells when people are uncertain about economy, but ongoing work has been my bread and butter forever. I agree with Sarah from question one that people are delusional on what management should cost right now. Peter Bowen goes, yeah, at the moment, I'm selling ad hoc consulting to new clients most often and easiest. I'm doing this because I'm trying to get out of day-to-day -day managing accounts and exploring new ideas and opportunities for adding value. Absolutely. I am all for the whole now, like, let's talk about strategy kind of work. Let me do help you with like putting things in place, what you should be thinking about and, and for the next few years, not things like, oh, let me help you, you know, do set up your bid strategy and set up, set up conversion tracking. Gone are those days. Julie as well responds saying, I'm leaning into the consulting guidance ideas pieces myself. Absolutely. Nicholas goes, I've only been back into the PPC world in the last year. Took a bit of a hiatus, so I can't speak to what worked years ago and not now. But I've really been fixated on a retainer-based model so I can invest the time to learn the business. I typically do a large sign-on fee alongside a monthly retainer and that helps ensure I get the right customers who intend to stick around for the long haul. Dogar Thomas responds saying, so I don't see much ads work. To be honest, the clients I have that runs ads don't have the budgets to have someone even mind the store, which in my opinion means don't run the ads, but we've trained everyone to think that digital ads are a good call. Peter Bowen as well, as well responds here to Neptune Moon, to <laughs> Julie Bettina even, saying it's been really rewarding and it's exposed me to a range of clients I wouldn't have access to or be able to service otherwise. Serge Timon goes, yeah, I most often work as a staff for freelancing for other amazing agencies. I love that. And I am also training other agencies, but you have to find an agency that puts training at the forefront. Interestingly, the agencies that invest in training and my consulting have the cle cleanest accounts and are doing great things. Travis Bichel responds saying a newer angle for me is guidance or consulting. I don't have to be hands-on 
for certain clients. If they have the time and willingness to learn, my role can can retract into periodic advice giving and experience lending. They perform the daily or weekly work and I help steer the ship. Nicholas Garfunkel responds saying, yeah, um, to Travis saying, I think that's the future as Google continues to make it less about being hands-on and more strategically about getting the input data right and understanding the strategic value of the channel. Nicholas responds saying, that said, I don't look forward to that time, not enough conversion data in the smaller accounts. Uh, it's got to be less than, it can be around less than $20,000 a month into in the B2B space as well, at least. Harrison responds as well, saying my bread and butter is managing accounts fully. And that's probably the most interest I see still at the moment. However, I'd still like to expand into more offerings that are a little more hands off. I think full management is going to change a lot with automation and people with experts will find more opportunity in audits, coaching, consulting, etc. And then Sarah as well says, yeah, I do what Travis does too. I will simply get on the phone and validate and consult to clients and they execute. Ali responds saying, yeah, white label has been a huge portion of revenue for us in the last three years. Thinking of trying audits as a product productized service, ongoing management and consultation remains bread and butter. Julie as well says, yeah, pretty much all businesses are lured by the idea of PPC easy button and all the automation and aggressiveness of Google reps puts that idea in their head. Meanwhile, we are over here thinking there is no easy button. Sarah Stimman goes, I find straight up connecting directly with brand who wants me to fully manage harder, but what could also be my network at the moment? Peter Bowen responds saying, yeah, I'm thinking of developing warning hearsay coming up. <laughs> An autopilot offering for smaller businesses that can't justify monthly retainers. I'll be experimenting with this model in the second quarter. It's a good idea, I think. And yeah, Julie goes, please report report back and let us know how that goes and I think even right after the chat he put a message saying that if anyone is interested in that he's going to set up a zoom in terms of a discussion about that and Sarah Steeman as well saying I was thinking the same thing I just don't see how that can be done well with the margins in terms of doing an autopilot Julie goes as well goes accounts under the 50 conversions in 30 days levels are so much harder to work with in the last two years ain't that the truth and we go on to question three and Julie asks, are there services that you are gearing up towards offering or have begun offering more recently? What prompted you to move in that direction and how has the client reception been to them? So new services in terms of all the changes that we've been seeing lately. Yeah. What are we doing about that? And, you know, what is the reception for it? And I think these kind of questions, even like the last question, too, is really good for giving us ideas as to for new freelancers, how to actually package your offering, package your services. Because I feel that sometimes I felt bad for only offering the consultancy services and feeling, oh, am I missing out on a whole bunch of opportunities where people actually want hands-on services, which is stuff I don't want to do anymore. So yeah, these kind of conversations is really great for that, to know that it dependent, regardless of what niche that you've chosen, what area you've chosen, you have a right to choose that area, you have a right to charge for the, the amount that you're charging for that and to succeed in that area and know that you're doing what works for you and that's not a bad thing. So Julia Vice responds to question three saying, yeah, this might be unique to Canada due to our local news fight up here, but I am 
offering a lot more social platforms that aren't meta. Google is, Google is also being very unpleasant in ways I can't discuss here, but we're definitely prioritizing local media. Oh, that's interesting. Travis Biesha responds saying, I have the vantage point of working across SEM and SEO. I position SEO as an investment because I truly believe in that. You're planting a fruit bearing apple tree that matures in time. So six plus months, not buying an apple today paid ads, right? That allows me to flip the script, focus on the health of your website organically before you spend money accelerating traffic. Sam Tomlinson responds saying, I'm doing a lot more audits, training plus consulting support that I have in the past. It's, it's actually nice. Julian Philip responds saying CRO, so that's conversion rate optimization. I think with the rise of automation, it makes a lot total sense to explore post-click optimization. That's very true. And yeah, Sam as well says CRO is a good one. Julia as well says, I could probably boil it down to focusing in on competitiveness for clients. In years past, you could get away with a lot of things being kind of meh and still have growth and solid sales or lead numbers. That just is not the case any longer and it is amazing to me though it shouldn't be after all these years at how many businesses are just ignorant and or stubborn on their positioning in the market their web experience etc they will need massive help in these areas going forward so I'm looking there Peter Bowen responds saying I've extracted some internal tech into a SaaS and that's ghost blocker.com which launched a few weeks ago i've been pleased with the initial uptake sarah stimmer responds saying definitely the the agency training most agencies wouldn't be able to afford my salary but they can absolutely buy training packages and i can be the expert outside eyes that is such a good idea i'm putting that on my um, list of offerings that i'll do for uh, for people training i think i want to focus on training not even consultancy training or just training and consultancy and then we have Dougar Thomas responding to, yeah, question three saying the biggest thing I've been doing lately that's new is trolling boards and doing cold pitches. Interesting. He continues, it's not particip- it's not particularly effective or in line with anything, but it keeps the lights on. Harrison responds saying, I've been trying to work on services for low volume or small businesses accounts specifically around businesses that are just local mom and pops. They can't afford traditional services, but get lost trying to go it alone. I talk to them a lot, but they can't afford good help and end up with bad experiences, hiring cheap options, hoping to have a service for them at some point this year. Sarah as well responds to God Dougar Thomas saying, wow, I had zero luck there, but 100% don't hate the player, hate the game. I did tons of Upwork when I started. Dougar Thomas saying, oh, I had zero luck with Upwork and I don't trust their new requirements. Interesting, right? And then Ali responds saying, audits plus consultation requests have increased from brands that have an in-house team or just need another set of eyes if they are not digital savvy and are working working with another agency. We also have Austin Dillman responding saying, I've started productizing more of my offering along with the offerings of freelance colleagues, particularly audits across different disciplines like paid media, organic and SEO. I'd like to step away from a lot of the day-to-day media management and focus more on audits and strategy. That's the focus for 2024. Dougar Thomas as well then says that what's interesting about expertise is that I hear all the time that 
that my 15 years of experience is too much that I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not up on things that I don't use, LLMs, etc. Or that I can't possibly know the things I do because I'm just a insert thing I was introduced as, as if any of this is hard. (laughs) And going on to our last question of this chat and the question which I would definitely say is the most answered question we've ever had since I've started doing this podcast, since we started doing this chat. We had 111 replies, but yeah, we'll be doing a roundup of the top answers for these, for this question. So yeah, the question is, what are your biggest worries All concerns about working in PPC over the next 10 years and what, if anything, can you do about them? So, yeah, let's see what our worries are. Lots of worries. Julian starts off with starts us off saying, yeah, that we'll log in and only be able to run smart campaigns. Right. Marco Gumbert says that the platform will continue to take more and more decisions away from the people to manage the campaigns in their efforts to make it more profitable for them. Julia as well goes, yeah, I think it will be fully automated in 10 years with very little specific input from advertisers. It's not even going to take 10 years to get to this point. That's why it's smart to develop skills and services that are, are outside what happens in the platform. Peter Bowen goes, am I being stupid in saying that I have no concerns? Stuff changes. We complain, we adapt, repeat, right? Yeah. We adapt and we find new skill sets and we continue to get on with it. Julia Weiss goes, oh man, how much is this answer for the group and how much is for my therapist? The agreement between art or entertainment and commerce is completely out of whack. Everything is sponsored. Everything is a shop. Everything is reach, resulting in terrible content, a terrible experience and rising costs with little reward for advertisers. Part of me thinks we'll adapt and part of me thinks we're in a race to the bottom. Julia as well says, for sure, if you don't like constant change, this is not the career path for you, Peter Bowen. You'd better like having to figure out things all over again fairly often. Harrison Je- Uh, Harrison Hebb responds saying, I'm going to agree with Peter on this one. It's going to change and we're going to get less control. That trend trend likely isn't changing anytime soon. We'll just have to adapt or if we can't handle it anymore, buy a farm. I think about option two frequently. And Peter then as well says, yeah, I'm not sure that I like constant change, probably just numb to it. And Dogar Thomas responds saying, yeah, this aligns more with the answer I was going to give in question three, that tech companies have found a golden goose with LLMs and are going to offer so many low quality offerings to companies that fulfill KPIs, but not anything real. I've already talked to so many companies that are still in the content marketing loop. He continues, obviously, dead internet theory is a meme, but it's not entirely wrong when it comes to content marketing. And in my opinion, it is more true than not not throughout the past 10 plus years. Sam as well responding, I think a lot of PPCers are going to have to learn to be marketers in short order or, f- or will find themselves out of a job. Absolutely. Uh, Ali responds saying, yeah, in 10 years, what we do will still be called PPC, how to show ads on smart glasses and Vision Pro when people are walking on the street, pop up for local businesses like sponsored real-time Google Map ads. There was a report that said SEO might decline by 25% due to the Gen AI queries by 2025, 2026. That means even paid queries might excited with 
caution. Julia as well responds saying how the LLMs impact everything will be interesting too and truly yet to be seen. Michael Gumbert responds saying, yeah, there's a fundamental difference between technology and preferences changing on a couple of companies with pretty close to complete control of the PPC ecosystem, making changes to benefit them at the expense of everyone else. Austin Dillman responding, I hope to be retired in 10 years, but my biggest concern, like many here, is ad platforms turning to automation. I miss all of the manual controls we used to have. I expect it to only get worse with time. Not sure there's anything we can do as marketers. I doubt clients will boycott the ad platforms and pull their budgets unless there's a lack of profitability. Gila as well responding, saying, good news for those of us who started in the marketing before the internet existed, Sam. So yeah, exactly. For a lot of us who know marketing, who started in marketing, why should there be any concerns? <laughs> anyway, loads of people wanted to bring up their opinion opinion anyway, whether it's concerns or non-concerns. Harrison responds saying, Sam, so what you're saying is my career is going to come full circle and I'll need to lean on my traditional media and project management experience from my first couple years in marketing. Haha, <laughs> Sam goes, yep. Marketing ops, finance and CRM need to become friends. Absolutely. And sales, put sales in that mix as well. They need to become friends. River Minkup as well responds saying definitely dreading the day where everything is automated, even the ad copy, and there's no advertiser control on anything. Nicholas Garfinkel responds saying 10 years is a really long time. Here's a shot from the rafters. Google won't look like Google in 10 years. SGEs is the first step forward that is the first step forwards. As a result, text links don't make a lot of sense when the user's questions will be answered without a need to click anything. I think we're looking at something like a angles or like an Angie's list model where you just pay per lead and the user doesn't even visit your website. And I think that makes for a sad future. Eh, as long as we're getting what we need, it's for a sad future for who? The advertisers or the customer? Anyway, I don't know. Peter Bowen as well said, yeah, Sam, I keep having the Google ads needs to be part of a system chat with my clients. Travis Bearshell responds saying, my core concern is how people perceive advances in AI and it will, advances in AI, it will never be perfect, always learning. And that's the point. And yet people have begun to perceive it as a pan, panacea. Panacea? What does that word mean? <laughs> I'm going to be looking at the dictionary after this, after this recording. He continues, if we fast forward to a future where Google ads is as simple as linking your website to the ads platform and clicking go, your website better be world-class. If it's not, you're training the system with poor inputs. This can become a brand's fatal flaw. The fundamental shift will be focusing on quality inputs, clean, growing audiences, quality differentiated creative, whether that's AI built or not, adapting post-click experiences to minimize friction, evolving offers in reaction to consumer experience with core products or services. I don't care if automation takes over. I care that people perceive it as a future without efforts. Yeah, I felt that's, and that's my problem as well. People think that the, the rise of AI means we'll need, we'll, we'll need to lift a finger. What are we going to do? Blink? Well, how are people going to know what our product is? How are people going to know what our website sells? You know, like, cause businesses will still be needed. How will businesses be able to tell the AI what their business is if they don't create a good website, if they don't tell the, the, you know, the customer what a good landing page is, what the product is, prices and all that kind of thing. The data will still need to be inputted properly and users and human beings will still need to be, will still be needed. 
Sam Tomlinson as well goes, yeah, oh, I 100% believe that paid search becomes more important as SGE and LLMs become more widespread. Absolutely. Travis as well said, yeah, also the fundamental build of a site and its structured data. Paid search can't become a band-aid over a bullet wound. I think poor shallow site construction will get exposed very, very soon. I absolutely agree with that. And yeah, Julia as well says that how much SGE and all that VR stuff really catches on for the general population is a massive variable too. Michael Gumbert goes, yeah, my obsession with control is what you're talking about, Travis. Google is not going to be held responsible for poor experiences. Brands are even when they have no control over the experience. Sam goes, yeah, there's no wonder where Google willingly destroys its 200 billion per year ad business. Doug R. Thomas goes, a big thing for me is also brand safety. How do I tell a client to be on a network that allows hate groups to run ads, hate groups, terrorist groups, you know, you know, gun companies, you know, the anti-health things, porn, like all that kind of stuff. It's such a weird, weird world where all of that exists. We are still going to need people to ensure that we are excluding, you know, placements. We're doing a lot of excluding keyword exclusions and placements exclusions to ensure that we are not showing on sites that we don't want to be showing on. Michael Gumber goes, sure there is, if they think they can create $400 billion business. Sam Tomlinson says, yeah, goes, TikTok is getting exposed. Platform is just not that good from an advertiser's standpoint. Dogger Thomas says, like all of the major ad networks allow literal hate groups to run ads. All of the lesser ones fund hate groups via their ad.text. Julie goes, Apple could enter search in the next 10 years too, which would shake things up to say the least. They've been saying that for a while. I remember like a few years ago when I used to work at Zoopla and that's, that's like several years ago now. Yeah. Apple was, there was all that news of like Apple might be coming out with their own search platforms because they do an Apple search, paid search, like platform thing. So in mobile search. Anyway, so Nicholas Garfinkel as well says, when LLMs are small enough to run on an iPhone, why do you need a search engine? And fast enough, I would say, check out grok.com. So that's G-R-O-Q.com. It's lightning fast. Julie goes, interesting. I think Apple is capped with their current offerings and I am not convinced that VR headsets will be the same juggernauts that iPhones were. So with their ecosystem and stranglehold on apps on their devices, they are perfectly positioned to do it if they so choose and then harrison goes yeah i still think that all the llms and sge stuff ignores a huge variable around adoption my friends and family that aren't exposed to the tech world don't talk about it about ai don't want to use ai and rarely even think about it it's it's the darling for people in the tech world but will the whole population willingly use it at the level people think julia vice responds saying apple does have an opportunity but they are a tech company they suck at media and the back end of their system is no comment and then yeah nicholas goes agree with michael gumbert but that tech is only getting better peter bowen as well chimes in about apple saying someone at apple has read the innovator's dilemma and is currently hacking on an ad system 
Michael goes, yeah, speaking of adaptation, how many years in a row has it been the year that voice search is going to overtake all other search, right? <laughs> voice search is going to overtake search. You know, it was good. We're going to be way. There was so, so many years. We're in the era of mobile. When I actually see from this, my search results, I still get a high percentage of volume from desktop. So there's all these kind of like, we are in the era of, we're in the era of when actually you should just test and see what works best for you. Julie goes, all I'm saying is that if Apple ever gets serious about it, they could easily poach top talent. So that would be interesting. Harrison Hepp says, yeah, I think that's where the ad adoption comes in. The younger generation will grow up with it and use it, but then you're talking 10 to 20 years before it's, it's rally. It's really mainstream. Michael goes, being forced to use something or it being easy in a specific use case does not equal widespread use. And then we have Sam as well going, yeah, but here's the thing. Does LLM or SGE actually harm paid search, especially in a world where Google wins? And in my opinion, we are a lot closer to a Google blowout win in AI than we are of a chat GPT win. Julie goes, I agree. Google will put ads all over the SGE. No questions. Dogar Thomas goes, my main thought on SGE is that it's literally knowledge boxes with a cute name knowledge boxes with a cute name so yeah that's interesting ali goes yeah correct gemini is powerful dogar thomas i don't mean that pejoratively pejoratively <laughs> that's a new one i'm learning some words in this chat dog continues just that the tech has been there for a long time it's just maybe a different method to produce the same product sam goes i also think there's a massive fortune to be made in rebundling search and Google is uniquely well positioned to do it. Julie goes, do you mean allowing sponsored content to somehow be used more and that type of thing? More sneaky ads, sponsored SGE content. Sam goes, next step, buy Criteo once they kill cookies and Criteo becomes a penny stock. And yeah, Sam goes, all of the above. Dog goes, I mean, you can kill cookies, you can still fingerprint you can't steal fingerprint. Yeah. I think that's what he means. You can kill cookies, but you can't steal fingerprint. And yeah, Julie goes, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Really? Michael Gumbert says trade desk or stack adapt will end up buying Criteo. Sam goes, we'll see trade desks access to capital. Isn't what it once was. Michael Gumbert goes, yeah. Also all of us are assuming that Google will survive all of the legal challenges it's facing as fundamentally the same company that it is right now. That seems like a pretty big assumption, right? Sam goes, yeah, the U.S. is the only market that matters and Google will be, ju will be just fine in the U.S. Ah, I don't know. U.K. has a big say as well in the market in terms of like advertising and paid search. Michael goes, are you 100% certain and willing to bet your future business on that? Wow. Sam goes, yep, without question. Woo, some bets are going on here. Harrison Jeff Hebb says, yeah, Standard Oil was broken up, but its remaining companies still dominate the oil industry. Even if Google is broken up, it will still be the dominant force. And on that note, I'm going to bring that to the end of the chat. There was a lot more, there's, there's several more opinions uh, that have been shared, but I think we got down to the crux of what we're talking about. Yeah, it's, we're going to be very automated in the future. There might be buy-ins of like, you know, different, different brands. Maybe Apple might, might make a, a play in the game and be a dominant force in there. There will still be needs to be human input in all of this is my opinion. Definitely. There will still need to be human input. So 
If you found this talk useful, I hope you've taken some great takeaways from it. I hope you are feeling re-energized from that talk. What are your concerns? Are they are they similar to what we're talking about? Are they very different? Is there anything that we didn't mention? Then join us on Thursday. We're back on um, Twitter spaces doing the audio chat. So yeah. Join us there 5 p.m. GMT tomorrow for any feedback about the podcast or maybe even some correction on anything that has been shared. Do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMs are open on my handle at the marketing Anu or on LinkedIn. We have um, a PPC chat roundup group there. We'd love for you to join us. It would also be great um, for longstanding and brand new listeners to give the podcast a review. It'd be really great and it will help with the growth strategy of the podcast. You can do that by going to linktree.com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup. And yeah, we've got the next event happening, the next PPC live event happening on the 24th of April. It's this, this time is going to be a Wednesday evening and we're going to be in Brighton on the eve of Brighton SEO. So yeah, join us. Tickets are only 17 pounds. It's going to double once the sales are over. So get in, get in um, early for that. We've already had confirmation of three amazing speakers. We've got Nikki Grant from ClickTech and we've got James Modiano from Akuto <laughs> even. And then we've got Alam Hosseinbor from Shopping IQ, who's going to be talking about how you could be wasting your money on yeah shopping and how to do that better. So that's Alam Hosseinbor, Nikki Grant from ClickTech and Julianne Modiano from Acuto. CEOs, heads of departments, head of performance, all of that, experts in our field. You don't want to miss that. So go to ppcliveuk.com for your tickets. Finally, remember, for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week. Bye.